Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. If you're hungry for beautiful food, remarkable wines and juicy conversation, then you won't want to miss a weekend of this show. A very good weekend to you, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. This is food conversation that fits your life. Menu ideas and recipes, insight and inspiration for busy people. I cover everything from food and wine to cocktails, budget-friendly meals to grilling and braising, salads and sweets, and more with guests and experts, Food Network stars, celebrities, trendsetters, artisans, and food makers. And this recipe will hopefully satiate your appetite because every weekend it is my joy to celebrate fabulous food with you in your radio. It's an easy way to get your quick fix of culinary entertainment just by tuning in. So what's your latest ingredient obsession? What's your best breakfast? I want to know. So weigh in, send me an email with your culinary queries or share your best recipe. Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. You'll find my daily dish on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where I hope you'll become a friend and a fan at Chef Jamie Gwen. And I'm always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com, where you'll find thousands of free recipes to dig into. I love when new chefs and cooks and great artisans sit down at the table to dish. I find it inspiring and I hope you do too. So coming up, you won't want to miss the conversation. She is the James Beard Award nominated creator of Nom Nom Paleo, the critically acclaimed website and award-winning cooking app. She is Michelle Tam, dubbed the Martha Stewart of Paleo by the New York Times and CBS News. She's got recipes and personality and a third cookbook just released, and you're going to want to hear all about it because her dishes are really full of umami bomb flavor. She cooks ethnically inspired And she's a busy mom, and she needs to get dinner on the table, just like all of us, in the most delectable way possible. So please stay tuned. But first, I like to start the show with a tutorial of sorts to make you the best chef you know. And there are a few classic dishes in each cuisine that I think every great cook and chef should master. The perfect lemony roast chicken is quintessential American cuisine, right? And a good Chinese stir fry is always essential. A stellar French onion soup always impresses. And a classic Greek salad is just my thing. But when it comes to Italian cuisine, you might think pizza or lasagna. And I think carbonara. It's comfort food at its finest, don't you think? Rich and delicious and quintessential Roman. So this is a masterclass in how to make the best spaghetti carbonara. Now, traditional spaghetti a la carbonara is divinely indulgent. I think it's the perfect winter weather comfort food. There is maybe no better way, except for 
really good scotch (laughs) to warm your soul from the bitter cold than with a heavenly creamy bowl of pasta. Carbonara is the Roman pasta dish originally based on eggs, pecorino romano, and guanciale. Guanciale, if you don't know, is an Italian cured meat that is uh, prepared from pork jowls or the cheek of the pig. And the dish was said to have been created in the middle of the 20th century. Now, recipes vary, but cheese could be pecorino, could be Parmesan, uh, could be Romano or a combination thereof, and egg yolks, although some chefs use whole eggs, and some sort of cured fatty pork, along with black pepper, are all essential basics. Now, very basically, the pork is cooked until crisp, and then the hot pasta is added to the pan to finish cooking. And this mixture of eggs and cheese and often butter or olive oil is combined with the hot pasta off the heat to avoid making scrambled eggs with noodles, of course. And you get this really beautiful, traditional, uh, thick spaghetti is what's used, tossed or rather cloaked in this... uh, absolutely luscious, but very simple sauce. Now, like many recipes, the origins of the dish are unclear, but it is said that the name is derived from carbonaro, the Italian word for charcoal burner. Some believe that the dish was first made as a hearty meal for Italian charcoal workers, um, which gave rise to the term coal miners spaghetti, which is often used to refer to spaghetti a la carbonara. Uh, Italians will tell you, by the way, that only dried pasta should be used, not fresh. Why? Because it's starchier nature holds the sauce better. And I agree. I use bucatini. It's a a tubular pasta. It's thicker than spaghetti. It has a hole down the middle and it has more surface area, I feel, for the sauce to cling to. Now, I would go out on a limb and venture to say that the majority of chefs would also agree that true carbonara uses guanciale and not bacon or pancetta, but I believe that both alternatives make fine substitutions. Some say cream has a place in carbonara. I disagree. I'm all for indulgence, by the way. Bring on the heavy whipping cream. But if the dish is made properly, it just doesn't need it. And to be a non-conformist, you can add lots of lovely things to spaghetti carbonara. I've been known to add caramelized onions. I like a hint of lemon zest to brighten it. I personally finish it with a sprinkling of parsley. But no matter how you make it, it's delicious. And when you've created this perfect bowl of carbonara, it's textured and fatty and cheesy and peppery. You've mastered the method. And I really do believe that the key to fantastic spaghetti a la carbonara, like any good masterful method, is the quality of the ingredients first. And like most things that are made simply with a few ingredients, you grasp the technique and you'll have mastered the art of this scrumptious Italian tradition. Now, as for a wine pairing that pleases the palate, I actually recommend a German Riesling, not too sweet or a berry rich Syrah. I am a certified sommelier. I'm proud to tell you that because I love to dish on wine on this show to sip and savor. It's the hardest test I ever took. I've passed the level one and I'm not sure how much farther I'll go, but I believe that every great wine lover is qualified 
to choose and drink whatever it is their palate loves. You might ask why a Riesling? Well, the lemon zest in my carbonara is really beautifully paired with a Riesling. The sweetness of the wine brings out the saltiness of the bacon, cuts through the richness of the cheese. Now, if you're leaving the lemon zest out and you prefer white over red, I say go for a food-friendly Pinot Grigio from Italy. And you want the recipe, right? (laughs) Of course. I've posted it at chefjamie.com. Please search Carbonara, master it. And send me a photo or post it to social media and tag at Chef Jamie Gwen because I would love to see your masterpiece. All right. It's time for food news this week. Here's some news you can use. And in fact, some information that I'm really delighted to share because I have friends for a really long time. They recently acquired a business with a food ingredient that I love. It is called pollen ranch. And if you don't know fennel pollen, well, then I'll tell you your dishes are missing out. Pollen Ranch has been hand collecting fennel pollen and dill pollen as a spice for over a decade. It's the highest quality wild crafted pollen. And it makes, I believe, so many dishes and tea and a salt and spice blend a very unique culinary experience. Now, If you're wondering what exactly the pollen is, well, it is literally the pollen from fennel and dill, and it is said to have tremendous health benefits, but not only health and wellness, the beauty, the flavor of what I think is just the most extraordinary spice, as I call it, uh, is second to none. It really can't be duplicated, in fact. And there's something truly special about it. It is um, really a a gorgeous go-to, I will say. Lots of beautiful benefits, of course. And you get it in this little tin and you can season everything from pastas to your eggs in the morning to roasted vegetables and more. And it is time if you haven't yet, to taste the beauty of fennel pollen. So I'm proud to support friends and I hope you'll go to Pollen Ranch, P-O-L-L-E-N ranch.com and check it out because it might become your most favorite new ingredient obsession. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Be right back. for showing your good taste. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. You're listening to the best culinary conversation anywhere. You know her name, of course. She was coined, I'd like to say, uh, or dubbed rather, the Martha Stewart of Paleo by the New York Times and CBS News. She is the genius behind Nom Nom Paleo, the recipes, the personality, the step-by-step instructions that teach you how to make 
damn delicious dishes. She is Michelle Tam, James Beard Award nominated, critically acclaimed for her website and award-winning cooking app. Her first two cookbooks, Nom Nom Paleo Food for Humans and Ready or Not, were both New York Times bestsellers. And it is the much-anticipated release of 2022. It is here. Her half-million-plus followers on Instagram anxiously awaited it, as did I. I have followed Michelle's career, and I have to tell you, this is true talent. The book Nom Nom Paleo, Let's Go, Simple Feasts and Healthy Eats, has released, and I am delighted that Michelle is sitting down to dish. I'm very glad to have you. Welcome. I hope you're healthy and well and eating something delicious as we speak, Michelle. Um, I currently have nothing in front of me, but I am delighted to be here. Well, thank you. That's too bad, because if I were in front of you, I would want dumplings, Cantonese-style dumplings, and preferably, if you don't mind, Nom Nom Chili Crisp. You know what? Those are all foods I craved because of, you know, because I'm paleo and I can't eat a lot of those things and because um, of pandemic. And so that's why I put them in my cookbook. And one of the things I love about you is that you eat, drink, think, feel everything, food, almost every minute of every day. And so therefore, I feel like you and I can definitely be friends. This is a, a beautiful encyclopedia, by the way. Um, and it's heavy to carry from my office to my kitchen. Uh, this is something, this new book. In the introduction, you talk about how your whole family is very much described by a Cantonese saying, you live to eat. And that is my most often used hashtag. Can you give us the phrase? Yeah, it's white thick. So that, I mean, that totally just translates literally from Cantonese as like living to eat. But there's definitely kind of a, a, a connotation that you are gluttonous, which I am also. Like I, I you know, it's, it's also similar to that phrase, like your eyes are bigger than your stomach, or <laughs> you have an extra, you know, stomach for dessert and all that stuff. But I just, like when we would travel, my husband and I, like he would, like let's say we're in Italy, like he'd be like, oh, we have to go see these galleries or see these ruins. And I'd be like, oh, no, I really want to find this Bolito Misto stand that I've read about. <laughs> and I don't care about seeing David or, right. you know, any any of the, you know, the Coliseum. Like, I just want <laughs> the sandwich. And so that's just how I've been my whole life. And I, and I love that. It's so full of passion. When I'm in Italy, I search out pineapple gelato everywhere. Oh. And I don't care if you've just had pineapple gelato on the street prior. That is a new yeah. pineapple gelato to be followed by an espresso to be followed by more gelato. So I'm with you. Um, you have the yes. most impressive background. You have a degree in nutrition and food science from Berkeley, a doctorate in pharmacy, and for over a dozen years, you worked the graveyard shift at Stanford as a pharmacist. And then if I followed your story properly, your lawyer-by-day husband decided for his health that he would take on a new style of eating. At the same time, and I'm only recapping your story, you had had babies, and then you had a muffin top. We've all had yes. it, right? And that was the change that grew Nom Nom Paleo. Yes, it was. Um, Henry and I, you know, had two young kids and we had stopped going to the gym. We stopped, you know, kind of eating healthy. 
And so he decided to invest in some DVDs that, you know, he saw on late night television, uh, P90X. I don't know if you remember those. I think I do. And so to keep him, yeah, to keep himself accountable, he started this blog where he would talk about like his workouts while he did P90X and then he'd research the people in the videos to just kind of write about them and, and, you know, make his blog more interesting. And one of the people in the P90X videos is this guy named Mark Sisson. And when Henry researched what he was doing now, he saw that he promoted this primal or paleo way of eating. And when Henry heard about it, he's like, oh, this sounds kind of interesting. I'm going to try it out. <laughs> and so then he immediately, you know, got a six-pack. He started doing CrossFit. He did deadlift like 300 pounds. And me, on the other hand, I was just doing all this crazy cardio and counting my calories. I still had my muffin top. You know, I had achy joints, and I was totally miserable. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'm going to try what Henry's doing. Hmm. And then when I did, I just felt so much better. Um, I felt like I had swallowed, like, the red pill and the matrix. Yes. <laughs> and I started telling everyone about it, just like everybody who finds something that works for them, whether you're vegan or you know, the Mediterranean diet. And so I just started telling him, I was like, oh, there's this this new way of eating that I've tried and it's just been amazing for me. But I think I started telling everyone and you get super annoying. And I think one day my sister was like, you know what, you need to kind of, you know, quit it about telling everyone about this paleo diet because it's kind of annoying. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I will put it up, you know, on the internet and I'll start a blog. And so... My husband was like, oh, what would you call your blog? And without even thinking, I was like, oh, Nom Nom Paleo. And he, and then he bought the domain name, and he set up this Tumblr blog for me, and I hmm. just started writing, like, what I was eating and, you know, recipes and where I'd go out to eat. But I soon found out that you really couldn't go out to eat, like, 12 years ago to, you know, a paleo place or a gluten-free place. Sure. And so I just started, um, you know, First, I was cooking out cookbooks and kind of modifying them to make the recipes paleo. But then I started creating my own recipes, and that's kind of how it, it started. Yeah, and, and it's a brilliant success story. I love that you all had a good laugh at the beginning because uh, no heart-healthy, whole grains, no beans. And may I quote yeah. you, you said, how utterly stupid, unquote. I mean, yes. this, this no, idea. I mean, yeah, <laughs> These are all foods that I was taught were good for me. Sure. Like, how dare you say this? You know, I'm the one with a nutrition major. You know, I work in a hospital. I know what's healthy. Um, but I think I had never actually thought about how food made me feel. Hmm. And I and it seems like it should be so intuitive. Like, oh, you know, food fuels you. And so how you feel yourself is important. But I, I just, I, I never paid any attention to how I felt after I ate certain foods. Sure. And I just assumed what was told me was healthy, actually was healthy for me. But then when I changed the way I ate and I started paying attention, I was like, huh, maybe, you know, maybe this paleo diet works a little better for me. Michelle, I love your story and I love that it has so much passion. Will you please stay with us when we come back more with the creator of Nom Nom Paleo, Michelle Tam, you and me, Chef Jamie Gwen, right after this.
Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, dishing with Michelle Tam. When you say paleo, though, just define it. I mean, we know it as ancestral eating. We know it as a a dietary template, right? But what is the definition for you? So for me, I think of it as a way of eating that prioritizes whole and processed nutrient foods like vegetables, sustainably sourced animal proteins, healthy fats, fruits, nuts, and seeds, and avoiding ingredients that are more likely to be harmful than healthful. And for some people, that includes grains, dairy, soy, refined sugar, and, you know, processed oils. But I really do think of paleo as just a starting point. Like, I think of it as, like, trying it out for, like, 30 days. Hmm. And then once you've kind of, you know, eaten healthy for 30 days, then you can kind of slowly reintroduce food and see what works for you. And, you know, reintroduce foods you love that may not be paleo, because I don't believe that you should try to eat as restrictively as possible. I really think that you should try to eat... um, you know, as healthfully as possible, but also enjoy the food that you're eating. And for me, it's really about encouraging people to cook their own meals and then, you know, really paying attention to how that food makes them feel. Right. And I think of all the things you say you're most proud of, uh, Webby Awards and Best of Paleo Podcast Awards and James Beard nominations and a cookbook that released as a New York Times bestseller before it even debuted, you say that you are most proud of the impact you've had. And, and I think that's quite extraordinary. In home kitchens and dinner tables around the world, you say, you have had a glorious impact. And may that impact continue to change the way people feel and live and raise their children and live life to its fullest. That is the the greatest gift. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think anybody like they they do hope they leave some sort of impact. You know, when they you know when they're done with their life, you yes. know. And I I feel like I I've had a little impact, and mm, that a lot. is what makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's good. We want you happy, and we want you cooking. Albeit, I know you've done a lot of it, as many of us have, myself included, <laughs> during the pandemic. Tell us about Nom Nom. Paleo Let's Go. It was created, this new cookbook, just released during the pandemic, right? At a, um, at, a, at a very great time of upheaval in lots of different ways. And I, I reference that because yeah. there's a lot of ethnic influence in this book that I know you're proud of. Yeah. So we like, it, it takes us like four or five years to kind of come up with a new cookbook because the way we do it is so intensive because Henry... And, like, I create all the recipes, and Henry shoots all the pictures step-by-step in our home kitchen, and then he designs the book. So it's, like, a really big process. So it takes us a really long time to decide to do, like, another cookbook. It's like having a baby. You have to have amnesia. Mm -hmm. And um, we had just signed with our publisher that we were going to do our cookbook, I think, at the end of 2019. And then pandemic hit, and that actually did change the recipes that we were going to have in this book. Because I think we had, like, a list that we were working from. But then when pandemic hit, and then there was all that anti-Asian hate, Mm -hmm. and, you know, what happened to George Floyd, like, Mm -hmm. we just decided, you know what, this is going to be a book that is a love letter to the, you know, all the immigrant culture foods that we grew up with. Mm in the San Francisco Bay Area, and then we're just going to 
you know, and, and like growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area, like my mom cooked Cantonese Chinese food, and mm. that's what I had most of the time. And that is, and because I couldn't see my parents, um, and we couldn't go out, like that was my true comfort food. But I, I also love Mexican food and Indian food and Vietnamese food, and that was just so prevalent um, for me growing up. Um, and so we just decided to lean in and just make food that we loved growing up. Yes, <laughs> and that, and that nurtured you in ways that we weren't being nurtured. I, I had a yeah. great blessing during the pandemic, Michelle. And by the way, if you've just tuned in, you're very late, but it's okay because Michelle Tam is here. Nom Nom Paleo, uh, the cookbook series, the award-winning podcast, the New York Times bestsellers, the brilliant blog, the website, and so much more. Of course, Michelle's fame and the new book release uh, entitled Nom Nom Paleo Let's Go just released, actually, and much anticipated. Uh, During the pandemic, I I live five doors from my mom. So I had the privilege of uh, isolating with her. And, you know, we did hugs and kisses a lot. And we always have and always will, hopefully. Um, But for those of us that we couldn't be nurtured in ways like that, food acted as that nurture and it really comes through in the book like I would imagine these are all the things you craved and I started going through the book and I have more pages folded than anyone should Um, I hope you don't mind because I'm going to be cooking from your book for months on end Uh, the first thing I turned to was dumpling dipping sauce and it made me realize that your pantry is different than mine you're big on coconut aminos Yes, so coconut aminos is uh, for people who are looking for a soy sauce replacement. So if you're avoiding soy or gluten, coconut aminos, um, which is made from fermented coconut sap, is is a pretty good um, substitute, but it is sweeter than soy sauce. So I always combine it with some bread boat fish sauce, and I only name check that brand because I love it. They're not a sponsor. Um, but I think the umami and the salt from that fish sauce balances well with coconut aminos to make it a pretty good stand-in for soy sauce or tamari. And so I use that in most of my recipes because most of my recipes do have an Asian flair. Yes. And, and I love that they do. Then I got to ramen eggs as long as we're dishing on recipes. I got very excited. Yeah, so I have kind of this master sauce that I call all-purpose stir-fry sauce that has, like, coconut aminos, fish sauce, orange juice, rice wine vinegar, um, and some, you know, dried ginger and dried garlic. But it, it, it approximates my mom's kind of mother stir-fry sauce. <laughs> but I've learned that you could use that sauce, and because I'm a lazy cook, like, I've just tried to find different ways that you can use this sauce besides just stir-fry. So it actually, if you dilute it with some water, it makes a great um, marinade to make ramen eggs, um, you know, without the soy and without any other stuff. Um, and it's delicious. Fabulous. You can use it to marinate um, a duck so you can kind of approximate a Cantonese roast duck, mm. um, again, without, like, sugar or without um, soy sauce or you know, anything that would be, you know, quote unquote, not paleo. But, you know, my people assume that I love cooking, but I don't. I love eating. (laughs) And so I always like to find kind of shortcuts to deliciousness. 
Um, and that's why I kind of come up with all of these kind of flavor boosters, like spice blends or sauces that just make getting a meal on the table, you know, fast and easy. And especially because of the pandemic, when a lot of, you know, parents had to cook three meals a day for everybody, <laughs> even though they were trying to work and raise their kids. Like, I, that really made me streamline a lot of the recipes in our book to to be fast and easy and delicious because everybody had cooking fatigue. Yes. You know, oh. after the first six months. No doubt. But I'll tell you, and I have plenty of cooking fatigue, I'm inspired by these pages. There are exquisite step-by-step instructions to every recipe for those that are looking for a tutorial of sorts. And every recipe and the next one has some new inspiration to me. You definitely embrace, as you say, the Instant Pot, uh, Whole30, plant-based. I mean, there's a little of everything in the book. But you use your kitchen appliances to the best of their ability. You make a chicken chow mein where you um, zoodle the... You use a white-fleshed potato, right? A sweet potato Mm -hmm. um, or a carrot to make the base for the chow mein because you don't eat traditional noodles. And it's just so smart, page after page. Then I realized, okay, you're craving more than just your Cantonese heritage. And I got to Greek chicken and potatoes. And the chicken is what I call flat out because everyone thinks the spatchcock word is funny. Uh, but yeah. the, And it is. The backbone is removed, right? And you've got the sheet mm-hmm. pan dinner that's fabulous. Uh, I'm all about shortcuts. So, yes. And, and again, as I, like, the idea behind the step-by-step pictures, because uh, I always think of myself uh, or a kid, or like as someone said, your book is made for idiots. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we can roll those all together. It's like a book for everyone. But, I don't know about uh, that. Okay, now you're making me hungry, Michelle. We need to take another quick break. When we come back, there is more paleo inspiration and umami bombs in your radio. Don't go away. Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, dishing with Michelle Tam, half of the dynamic couple behind Nom Nom Paleo, the genre-defining paleo food blog that has evolved into an absolutely extraordinary venture. The new book, Nom Nom Paleo Let's Go, is internationally inspired recipes and flavor-packed dishes that just happen to be grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, and refined sugar-free. Pretty cool, right? Michelle Tam is here. And I love on page 296 that your boys are present and they are cooking. I mean, I have my almost two-year-old in the kitchen. And I'll tell you, he's the best eater of, of any of the kids at the playground. So it has an impact, no doubt. By the way, um, I do plan to use my microwave and say your name. 
to make chocolate mug cake, but to switch it up to a matcha mug cake or a vanilla mug cake or I, I still feel pumpkin, even if it's not the holiday season, or a pumpkin mug cake. There is so much good stuff in this book. But I would be remiss, Michelle, if I let you go without talking about magic mushroom powder. Because you know someone will call me out on it. If I did an interview with Michelle Tam and I never asked about magic mushroom powder. Yeah, well, that is kind of an OG seasoning blend yes. that we created, I think, for our app first and then we put it on the blog and it was so popular that we put it in our first book but it's kind of made its way through all of our books and a lot of our blog recipes just because again it's something that's so indispensable that it makes everything taste just that much better um but basically it's a seasoning salt that i use in place of salt that is made with um salt portini mushroom like powdered portini mushrooms um some red pepper flakes, thyme, and some black pepper. Beautiful. But I call it magic mushroom powder because it's kind of a cheeky name um, with reference to illicit drugs. Um, but it does just make it taste that much better. Like the umami that the porcini mushrooms add to like any of your kind of Italian-inspired dishes is just amazing. And you can just put it on chicken. I mean, I have a recipe called two-ingredient chicken that uses you know magic mushroom powder or... Another uh, seasoning blend I have is my umami stir-fry powder. But you just sprinkle that on your chicken, on chicken thighs, pop it in the oven, and you'll get, like, crispy skin, juicy meat, and Flav- everyone And flavor bomb. Yeah, and umami flavor bomb. I love that you're using yeah. porcini dust. I've crusted a steak with porcini dust forever. And yeah. ne- never thought to make it into a magic powder. I just was always grinding dried porcinis in my extra coffee grinder, not the one with the yeah. coffee beans, right? And so you've made a, a, a brilliance out of it. It is the most requested recipe, I believe you said, right, on the website ever. I think so. It is, it is one of them. Yes. Like, I think there's other, there's other SEO ones where I'm like, oh, people really like, you know, instant pot spaghetti squash. But in terms of something that I think will magically amplify your food, I think it's this recipe. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. And there are so many of them throughout your three books. Kudos and congratulations to you on the third release. It is called Nom Nom Paleo, Let's Go, written by Michelle Tam and her ever-patient husband, Henry Fong. I've coined him that only because this book is a labor of love, like you said. And you you both must have patience of a saint, Michelle. Um, Well, we have definitely worked out how to work together like we both care about different things Hmm. and the things that we care about the other person just lets them kind of be the captain for that Hmm. um and so i think that's how things work for us (laughs) i I think it's wonderful Uh, to quote uh great names uh with praise to the book uh, Michelle has a magical way of creating vibrant health conscious dishes that are packed with flavor explosions Uh, It is no doubt that your recipes are what everyone wants uh, as part of their family table. And so I'm thrilled for your continued success. It's so well-deserved. And we hope that there's much more Nom Nom Paleo to come. But in the interim, uh, you want to go to Amazon, of course, and order the book now. Nom Nom Paleo, let's go. You also want to go to nomnompaleo.com and read all about it. There are recipes galore shared 
Uh, and I know that Michelle would want them in your kitchen. And then, of course, uh, there is the podcast and the blog and so much more. And uh, I'm very grateful to have had time with you, Michelle, to talk food with you and um, to be able to dish. So thank you for sharing your passion. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, Tapping into their heritage with global flavors. These are dishes that are truly packed with uh, umami bombs and more to say the least. Michelle and Henry have done it again. Nom Nom Paleo, let's go. The dynamic couple behind Nom Nom Paleo with the release of their third cookbook. You heard about it here. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of truly delicious conversation. Well, at least I hope you thought so. And I hope you'll tune in every weekend for more informative, inspiring culinary education. I'll leave you with my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of gastronomic influence for this week. I've always loved melon with prosciutto. Do you? And this is actually melon season. There are lovely honeydew and canny and cantaloupe rather available now. But if you've never thought about smoked salmon with melon, let me tell you, it is absolutely scrumptious. It's that combination of sweetness and saltiness and freshly ground pepper that is unbelievably good. And yesterday it was lunch, and maybe tomorrow it will be an appetizer, and you just have to try it. So I'm posting my super simple recipe for honeydew and smoked salmon on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen, and I hope you will check it out and steal it. And I will meet you here next weekend when I promise more fabulous food in your radio. Please stay healthy. I thank you for listening once again. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well. Music